the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Suffering and trials. You ever wonder why we are promised them? Why it is as Christians we go through them? We'll have some answers for you from the life of Job next on Truth For Today. Valley Bible Church in Hercules. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi there. Welcome to our program. We return to the book of Job today, a message called Why a Blameless Man Went Through So Much Suffering. Uh, There are many questions that surround suffering for the life of the Christian. Some of those answers can be found here in the book of Job. Won't you join us? With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, our teacher and pastor, Here's Pastor Phil Howard. Second thing he says, God is unjust. Now this is when he got, he pulled God into court. And there's a lot of legal language in Job. God's literally on trial. Because when he said that, he started saying, if you don't relieve me of this suffering, you're unjust. Where are you? Why aren't you doing something for me? And Elihu comes back and says, chapter 34, God is just. He knows what he's up to. And then he said, God's unconcerned. Don't you think this is cold? Could any of you do this to one of your children? Could any of you say, hey, go ahead and get boils. Go ahead, I'll permit the devil to rough you up. Go ahead. This is at the beginning of the Bible. This is before the book of Genesis. In actual chronology. At the beginning. And he says, it seems like you don't care. And then God speaks in this book, and he does some things like this. And he told Job in 20 things, you don't know what I'm up to anyway. You can't figure out the storms. You can't figure out the animal kingdom. Where were you when I made the snowflake? Where were you when I made the weather system? Where were you? Where? And I think, poor Job, why do you have to answer? If you don't have this figured out, Job, how can you think you got this thing? You don't know what I'm up to. You don't know what's going on. And let me tell you, in many of our trials, if you've had them all figured out, there's going to come some that you won't have figured out. And it will take nothing but bold faith and weak faith and trembling faith to just hold on. I don't know what God's up to. And it happens all over the Bible. That if there is no God in the universe, you're totally turned over to the hand of another culprit called Satan. And for sure, you know what he's up to. He's out to destroy you, and he will. We have no question about that. So atheist, you can get rid of God, but you won't get rid of the devil and his agenda. And we who are God's people... With this ceiling of intellectualism that's over the world today that says there's no such thing as truth in a postmodern world, you had better hope there's something above the heavens that can orchestrate what's going on or else you're dead meat. You don't have a chance. 
Because the devil hates you to begin with. And he can destroy you in a day. There's only one power that holds him back. Only one power. Let's ask ourselves some questions about the narrative. Number one, life without divine protection will be destroyed by Satan. If you're here without Jesus Christ as your Savior, are you aware that you're living without any known protection over your life? You cannot lay down at night and say, I have a divine protector. I have a divine covering over me. No, I believe you are, or you wouldn't be alive. For you see, if Satan had his way, everybody would be murdered, because he's a murderer. He's already murdered us spiritually in the fall of man, but he wants to kill you physically. And did you know that when Christ came, when he went into the area of death, he rendered powerless Satan from ever being able to touch a body again in the realm of death. He took care of that. So up to that time, he could kill people. He had to restrain him from killing Job. You must know that you and I are mere kind of puppets down here and will all you want. Job could have willed everything. He was not in control of what God would permit Satan to do. He did not will to choose the boil. It happened to him. He didn't sin to bring it on him. But I think I tremble before the narrative. Give me my future and my present life is not determined by the stars and Jiminy and cancer and some other tomfoolery. But that really much of what's happened in my life has been determined in the heavens. You mean there's outside forces playing with my life? Absolutely. Bidding to destroy you. We read passages where Satan comes before God. Zechariah 3, Revelation 12, 1 John 2. Accusing me. Accusing me. Trying to get you and I in the disfavor of God. Trying to give God a license to deal severely with us. Because he's got so much evidence on our selfishness, our sin, our failings, our faults. He's got enough information to indict. And it took a crucified Christ to qualify as a legal defender to win the case. He could only cover your case because he was willing to die for the crimes you committed. It's the only way we have any heavenly defense. Because the enemy of our soul relentlessly is asking God, give him to me. Give him to me. I want him. I want him. And why do you want them? I want to destroy them. I want company in hell. I want to help populate it. I want to show you that you are not a God worth serving. And you're afraid, you're afraid of the challenge. Because you know if you let me get to them, I can turn them on you in a minute. That's going on all the time. One time Jesus said to a frail man, Peter, Satan has been requesting to sift you as wheat. He's wanting me to turn you over to him. And he says if he gets you, he's going to put you through the grinder. And he's going to sift you. He's going to throw you in the air. And he's going to put you through the grinder. And he will, Peter. But I'm going to pray for you. And my prayer alone will be your salvation. 
I hear him in the upper room, the last thing on his mind, the last thing on the mind of Christ before the cross and before Pilate was John 17, his last thoughts. Father, I pray that those you have given me out of this world, you will keep. You are going to take me back to the third heaven, but the evil one will come to destroy them. But I am praying for them that you will keep them in the world. I pray not that you take them out, but I pray that you'll keep them in the world. Father, keep them in my name. If he had not prayed that prayer or made provision for that protection, you and I would be slaughtered by the schemes and the power and the wit and wisdom of our enemy, Satan. Your life, whether you're saved or unsaved, has been protected up to this day by divine sovereignty and kindness. You wouldn't even be alive if it wasn't for God. The devil would kill us all. He comes to kill and to destroy, for he's a thief and a liar from the beginning. Uh, Two, it's scary here that Satan does have all this access to God. Wow, he shows up in heaven more than you do. When it comes to prayer, you're there in Christ, but, I mean, he's, he's faithful to accuse. Do you know why Christ said when he taught us to pray the disciples' prayer that every day you ought to pray something like this? And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one, the paneros. Satan himself, you ought to be praying that daily because he's laying traps for you daily. He's going about as this roaring lion seeking to pounce on us morally, maybe even physically. He's out to destroy. I don't say these things to um, terrify you, to uh, paralyze you, but to remind you of the divine protection and hedge. It's true of Job. and There is a hedge about your life. And only when God lets that hedge down can you be touched. But without that hedge, you are just uh, a little bit of meat we throw out on the ocean for the sharks to eat. You are sovereignly being overseen so that what you have is the result of divine hedge building divine protection. Your children are set up. Your assets are set up. Your health could be set up. Could Satan give you boils? There's no place that says he couldn't. He did it to Job. Could God pick you as his man or woman to say, I think they can take it. Take them. Test them. Really scary. And he prays, don't he ask to be tempted? Asked to be delivered. But did you know no temptation comes to you but what it goes through the hand of God? And he allows the weight, the length, and the distance of every trial you're going to have. He's measured everything. For the devil comes, and it's this way. When the devil comes after you, he comes to God and he does it this way. I want a two-ton trial. I'm going to put it on him. I'm going to crush him. I'm going to prove him wrong. And God scrapes off everything until he gets down to about one pound. He said they could only bear one pound. 
And I've given my promise to my people. I'll never let them be tempted beyond the ability to bear it. And I will give them a way of escape so they can. If it was Satan, you'd have a two-ton trial and you'd be buried. But your God has protected you with divine promises. Something about this story that is uh, amazing to me. Job had no idea what the outcome would be. And I want to say to you, quit writing the final chapter. Quit writing the final chapter of your trials. I think um, of what I went through about two months ago, I think. I went to the doctor, did not like the report, um, dealing with... uh, Diabetes, sometimes high, low. But I was rather downcast. And we had a secretary's uh, day. I was going to meet the staff there. I went there. We had the luncheon. I said to God at 2 o'clock. I know because I looked at the car clock. Right there, I prayed at 2 o'clock. I said, God, should I start planning an exit strategy from the ministry or... Uh, because if you're taking health, I can't go any further than health. Or, or is there anything else you want to do? Because uh, I, I don't plan to stand in front of a flock and whine every Sunday and to just keep going down. So, Lord, I, I accept. If this is your will, I accept it. Show me how to exit, how to resign, how to go on. And I said that to the Lord at 2 and then I said something I said, I don't do. I said, Lord, could you let me know today if you want me to do this or just to wait on you? What, what, what is it? I don't know what you're up to, but I'm tired of trying to figure this thing out. At 2.20, I believe I was either called by Donna. Was it the call from her? or some, uh, I heard from Dallas Seminary. Would you please come and speak at this conference at Mount Hermon, which is a great honor to be with all the alumni and with the faculty. It's a, it's a great honor. And right then, someone asked me, how did Mount Hermon go for you? I said, oh, Mount Hermon was settled before I got there. I was flying on the eagle's wings as my God had heard a desperate cry of wanting a sense of direction. And he simply sent down a feather and says, I'm not done yet. Don't rush things. You just, you just trust me. See, I don't know the final chapter. And you've got to read Job 42 to find out God restored to him ten children. And some of you said, wow, and that was about a hundred years of age. Think of starting over. Restored his life so that he lived to be uh, about 210. Doubled all of his land holdings, all of his flocks, everything doubled. Was blessed the rest of his life. And more than anything, he's the only man we have from the ancient Near East who venerated that God is worth it even when he strips me of everything. That though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And I must say that you are in between God and his great adversary. And this adversary hates you, not God. 
And every once in a while, God may just yield a little bit and say, now, go ahead, Satan. I want to let you tempt them because I've already provided the way I'm going to deliver them, the way I'm going to uh, refine their character, and I've already got the escape plan. But go ahead. I want to show you I can make a fool of you. Even though my child doesn't know what's going to happen, I want to work out something that you can't even believe. And so he permits the enemy to test us. He permits, permits the enemy to even tempt us like his own beloved son. But the final chapter of your trial in your life has not been written. Don't write it. It's mysterious. I was uh, at a shepherd's conference with a bunch of pastors. Pastor Ted, his wife, and others of us were there. And in the 50s, that famous mission story among the Aka Indians the Nate Saints and the Jim Elliots and these five men who were speared to death in the river there trying to reach a tribe. Oh, what a tragic loss, a waste. I've read the journals of Jim Elliot that he wrote as a student in Wheaton, and they are moving. And oh, what depth, what depth of perception he had. And at this conference on the last day, they introduced Steve Saint, Nate Saint's son, a little boy when his father was speared to death. And when they brought Steve out, they actually had in the foyer of the church, they discovered after all these years the, what was left of the uh, plane. And they had the parts of the plane on display. But you know what was the highlight of the meeting? He introduced the chief that led the killing party that killed his father. And he sang a little song for us in the dialect of that tribe. It could almost jump up and down with enthusiasm. The final chapter wasn't written in 1952. Right there, I'd like to introduce you to the man that killed my father, but that the gospel finally conquered and he saved And Rachel Saint went back and lived among those people until she died. And Steve joined his aunt back there. Guess what? What if they only reached three souls? Would it be worth the lives of five missionaries? They had no way of knowing what the final chapter would be. And when you're suffering bad things, hold on. Hold on to God. And don't you write the last chapter. Let God. For you see, I've read it through the Bible. I've read Fox's Book of Martyrs. If you'd read the church in the first century, the blood flowed, the blood flowed. So the church historians invented the saying, the blood of the martyrs became the seed of the church. But let me tell you something what else I've read. I have read Revelation 21 and 22. And the final chapter is we win. We win. We win. Trials will pass. I love the Jamaicans. We'll soon be done with troubles and trials when we sit down with the elders and tell all the people good morning. We'll soon be done. They'd sing it by the hour. We'll soon be done with troubles and trials. You're living in the speck called time, but you're going to be launched for eternity. The final chapter, if you didn't even get it until heaven, 
Paul, you died in a maritime prison and decapitated. And we would say, that's the end of the righteous. That's the end. Don't you believe it? You must read Revelation 21, 22. That's my ultimate end, reigning with Christ for the endless ages of eternity. That is the Bible. I hate to say this to you since we're rejoicing. There is no place we've been promised a pain-free life, even as God's children. The prosperity gospel is anathema gospel. It's an invented gospel. God has never promised you a big car and lots of money, and that is the sign of spirituality. That is a false gospel. Prosperity gospel? How can you get a prosperity gospel when he who was rich became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich in Christ? I would say, finally, there's an analogy here. The only other person in all of Scripture that seemed to be rated as blameless was maybe Daniel. I think of Joseph, Job. But I think of the blameless man, the sinless lamb, Christ. He suffered. But when he suffered, it's so much different than even Job's. And I'll tell you the difference. In Job's case, it was only a satanic affront. Satan himself brought the destruction, brought the death. But when Christ came... His own father afflicted him directly. God himself was pleased to pour out all the wrath that could be poured on a man in a short period of time, who was not just blameless, but sinless. Job was never sinless. He was a sinner. And something about the sufferings of Christ... There would not in this life be any restoration. But here is the remarkable thing about his sufferings. Is God allowed him as no other man to represent everybody else who deserved the punishment. Job suffered only for himself. He didn't suffer for anybody else. Just for God's vindication. But our whole faith is wrapped up in an innocent, blameless, sinless, perfect God-man. Promised immunity from suffering? You must not have read the Bible. He was called man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And yet we hid our face from him. But the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all, and the all are in verse 6 of Isaiah 53. All we, like sheep, have wandered away, done our own thing, broken through the fences, got in the wrong pasture, unruly, stubborn-headed, dominating, blind as bat animals that don't follow the shepherd. And God the Father says, I will judge you for their wandering. I will judge you for their blindness. I will judge you for their stupidity. I myself am going to vent my anger out on you. Though you have done nothing to deserve the punishment. So the Bible is filled with this theme of bad people get grace and good people often get divine 
divine, mysterious trials that you have to read the rest of the book to know what happens. And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-833. 9864. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.